What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, Adam Ronis. Adam was at a wedding all on Sunday, which is why you guys didn't get a chance to hear from us. But here he is, back in the saddle again. Adam, what's going on? Happy week 14. Yeah, we definitely ended on a phenomenal note. I mean, game of the year, Ravens-Browns, Monday night. I mean, so many storylines here. And the Ravens come out with the win, 47-42. Just an insane game. 35 points in the fourth quarter, man. Yeah, well, dude, it was nuts. It was nuts. And the back and forth throughout the entire game was crazy. Um, I really, I, I was, I, you know, I was, I was pulling for Cleveland. You know, obviously, I'm a big Nick Chubb fan. And, you know, it was, I was just really digging on the game. And then they came back and they tied it up. And I was like, oh, that's great. Only a minute left on the clock. I figured, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, not feeling 100%, uh, you know, is he going to be able to bring him down? And, uh, yeah, I mean, between his, his touchdown pass to Marquise Brown to bringing them all the way down using Mark Andrews to get that uh, game-winning field goal, uh, was absolutely crazy. But then how about the craziest crap from all of this is that Cleveland tries the hook and ladder play with two seconds left. They end up getting backed all the way up into their end zone. They go out the back of the end zone for a safety and the Ravens actually cover. So if you had the Ravens and you were laying the three points, you went from a push to a win in the blink of an eye. Yeah, uh, I think that number somewhere was, it, it depends what you got it at, but I think you're right, it closed at three, so it definitely swung things. Not only that, for fantasy purposes, if you had the Ravens defense, you get a safety, so there probably were fantasy matchups that were determined on that final play, so it oh, was wild. Any, any, any league worth its salt, you're giving up 42 points, you're... You're getting negative from your deep team defense. Yeah, but you – well, it depends. Defensive scoring varies so much across league to league. Some leagues you don't get negative at all. Like it will be zero is the lowest. But you could have been down by one, and now you get a safety. So I'm pretty sure you'll definitely hear stories where people won on that matchup. But there was just so much of this game. I mean, Lamar Jackson leaving, they said it was cramps. I don't know. I saw the jocks in the locker room. That looked like mud butt to me. I mean, it was pretty clear. And then, so he misses a series. And of course, the Ravens are lost without him. McSorley comes in and then they get the ball back. The Browns take the lead. And everyone's like, all right, Lamar Jackson will be out there for the next series. Nope. It was Trace McSorley. And then on third down, McSorley gets hurt. And everyone's like, oh, no. And it was the two-minute warning. And right when McSorley gets hurt, they pan to the sideline. Here comes Lamar Jackson out of the locker room to get his helmet. Fourth and five. He comes in the game. He takes off to run. You see the defensive backs coming up. Lamar stops, sees Marquise Brown wide open, who had dropped a couple passes tonight. Brown catches it, goes into the end zone. But, of course, too much time as Cleveland comes back and scores. So just a wild, wild game. And this was so important for the Ravens. Uh, I believe if they win out, they'll get in. They're battling Miami now. And for the Browns, I thought it was, you know, a big test to see where they were at after getting smoked by Baltimore early this year, getting beat by the Steelers. And I think they showed a lot here. Even though they lost this game, uh, they were pretty competitive. You know, Baker Mayfield struggled early on, but led them to some big time drives down the stretch. So I think 
the Browns showed a lot in this game. I mean, they don't want moral victories, obviously, and they still need wins to get in the postseason. But I think they have come along from where they were early this year, where I was like, okay, you know, beat a good team. And they beat Tennessee last week. And Tennessee's a very good team, though. So you got to give them credit on that win, even though Tennessee came back. But, you know, Baltimore basically fighting for their life tonight. So I think we saw a good showing from Cleveland here tonight. We saw a fantastic showing from Cleveland. I really, I mean, genuinely, it was it was from start to finish. Um, you know, it looked good that they were uh, that they were getting back into uh, you know that that run first mentality. Like we knew that they were going to be a run first team, and then they they faced the Ravens in Week One, and they completely let, abandoned that plan. Like completely abandoned. You were like, "What the hell's going on?" But then you know, this game, you know, they really they just they they managed to really power through and. Um, you know, I mean, total between Chubb, Hunt, and, and Baker, you know, almost uh, 140 yards on the ground. So, you know, kudos to them for for sticking through it there and making that happen. And, you know, I mean, it uh, whew, oh, unbelievable from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, yeah, I mean, Baker had a great game. Chubb was solid. Hunt was fantastic. He had two touchdowns on the night. Um. You know, Landry was the only one who didn't really have a, a great game, but you know, eleven point two points in a in a PPR format, um, you know, that'll work. But then, you know, Lamar had a a, a solid yeah, 124 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Plus, he threw for one and one hundred and sixty three. Dobbins got into the end zone. Uh, Gus Edwards two trips into the end zone as well. Um, and then, like you said before, Marquise Brown, uh, the the Dobbins stuff, the growl. I gotta tell you, Adam. Now, I don't know if you were uh, if you were aware of what went down because you were dealing with the uh, the wedding, not dealing with. You were a guest at this person's wedding. I don't want to, you know, put a negative connotation on it. But uh, yes, you know, on Sunday during the, uh, you know, in the morning, uh, Josh Jacobs. Posted on uh, on his Instagram account that sorry fantasy football players, but I'm not playing today. Um, he had some laughing face emojis or something like that. I, I was told, um, you know, I just I heard about all of this, but you know, like going through the morning, you know, work, you know, do, getting the example lineups over at Fantasy Alarm and answering all the social media questions. I was coming off of an all nighter because. Uh, you know, I, I had stuff going on during the day on Saturday, so I wanted to make sure that I didn't abandon our listeners and our subscribers uh, off of social media for the first week of the playoffs. So I pull the all-nighter. I see this, this you know, post from uh, from Jacobs or, you know, somebody, somebody sent it, uh, you know, out publicly. And I was like, because I'm not on the gram. And so I took him out in the Jam on Fantasy Football League. And I put in DJ Chark and I did not have the time to put him back into my lineup when we heard that he was just screwing around with people. And that was that. And yeah, lo and behold, uh, if I had just left Jacobs in my lineup, um, the other guys had uh, J.K. Dobbins going tonight and uh, and they beat me. But if I left Jacobs in, I would have won by a point. Yeah, I didn't follow this in real time, obviously, but I did see it at some point when I jumped on social media and I was like, what the hell is going on? And 
I saw the post and he's like a lot of hot fantasy owners after it. And then, you know, beat writers were like, oh, he's active. You know, obviously you, you had to follow it closely. If you just saw the post and you took it at face value, yeah, you got screwed. But I just don't understand why Josh Jacobs did that. Look, there are we've we've talked about this numerous times. There are a lot of bad seeds. I don't think they're in the industry. They're really like fans who get angry and upset at these players. And I've always said, you know, we're the outlet. Come to us on social media. Call us on the radio. Whatever it is. You want to vent? We do it on here. Never at the player. So I don't know if people were coming at Josh Jacobs for fantasy purposes. He did miss last week. Whatever it is. You have to understand that the NFL, I've always said this. The NFL is the most popular sport. Not because it's the best sport is because of fantasy football and gambling. You yep. cannot dispute that. You just can't. You would not have the same viewership. We've seen a lot of shit games this year. I mean, we're coming off one of the best ones of the year, Monday night. But we've seen a lot of garbage games, Sunday night, Thursday night. People are watching to the end for fantasy, player props, gambling. You have to know where your success comes from. You know how many people probably buy jerseys of players that help them win fantasy championships. Like if Josh Jacobs has a huge week 16 and he's on a winning fantasy team, some people will be like, oh, Jacobs helped me win. He had a huge game. I'm going to buy his jersey. So you have to realize where your success is coming from. And you, yeah, there's going to be bad people that are stupid on social media and come at you and get in your DMs. I understand that. But you have to realize there are probably more people that are reasonable and rooting for you and rational. So. I didn't see if there was any response from him today, if he put out a statement. But, you know, I appreciate the players that realize how successful it is. Austin Eckler put in that video a few weeks ago. Hey, fantasy players, I'm almost on the way back. Like, that's how it should be done. Realize what it brings to the NFL and the viewership it adds. For Jacobs to do that, it's just terrible, man. It's just not realizing what fantasy means to the game. And I know, and Jacob should not care about our fantasy teams. He really shouldn't because, you know, he's trying to win games. He, it's all about wins for him, but you shouldn't put it down and you shouldn't troll owners. Like, why would you do that? You knew you were playing. So why would you do that for? I don't get it. Cause he's an asshole. <laughs> Wait, what do you, well, you know, I mean, there's, there's, it, it makes zero sense. It's biting the hand that feeds you. And, you know, I, he can kiss my ass. I, I will. I will. I will not be a a moral supporter of Josh Jacobs. I won't say that you know if he, uh, you know, busts out and he has a you know some some great years or whatever that I won't have him on my fantasy teams. But uh, there's there's no love for for Jacobs. You know, it'd be like you know in like fantasy baseball if I draft a Red Sox. You know, I, I hate the team. But, you know, fantasy is business and that's just that. But with, you know, yeah, with Jacobs, there's a it's, it's a respect factor lost. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to feel that way. Again, I don't understand. And don't tell me, oh, I was joking. Did you see the laughing emoji? For what? It's not funny. It really isn't like and I I don't I had Jacobs on one team and that team got eliminated. So I have no interest in it. It doesn't do nothing to me. I'm being an objective person here like it's not funny i didn't find it funny at all like yeah. it's so stupid for and he must have did it at like was it two hours before because that was a late game 
So was it two hours before the game? And I did see one of the beat writers say, oh, I know Jacob said this, but, you know, here's the inactives and he's officially active. But all it takes is a few people who follow him on Instagram to see it and believe him because you're you're going to be like, wait a second. Well, why would he say this? I guess he's out. Something must have happened. Let me remove him. And, you know, that's in today's day, you always have to check more than one source. I mean, it's sad that we can't even believe a player and then the laughing emojis don't help. But then you follow it up. With the next post of a, there's going to be a lot of hot fantasy owners. So like, it it's not clear whether it's a joke or not. And like again, why would you do it? It's it's not funny. I mean, maybe he was amused by it, but I I don't find it funny at all. Nope, it was a total dick move. And uh, you know, listen again, we'll remember it. We'll we'll remember it. And that's just that's you know what it all comes down to. Um, but you know, I mean, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and, and belabor it. I, I, I got burned by it. Fuck me over. You know, it, it happened to also be one of my favorite leagues that I do. Uh, so it kind of double hurts. But I mean, life moves on. I, I, I won in the in the GST league. I beat Brad Evans in the Kings Classic. Um, advancing in a in a number of other leagues that I'm doing. So I will. Uh, you know, at least I can feel good about the fact that because um, I started off, this was the jam on fantasy football league. I started off uh, 0-4 in the league, and I uh, I ended up finishing the season 8-5 and and, uh, you know, and making the playoffs and feeling really good about it. So, I mean, I fought and, and whatever, and you know, I end up getting uh, douched at the end by uh, by Josh Jacobs. So. That's uh, that's that's just so 2020, Adam, isn't it? It's just so 2020. It really is, man. It's just. I wonder if he's going to make a statement on it, if the team is because, you know, for a while, NFL kind of was ignoring fantasy, but they finally realized how important it is. I mean, they have fantasy shows on the NFL network. I mean, it is a huge everyone plays fantasy. We've gone over this. You go somewhere. And everyone, I just went to the dentist on Friday and, you know, uh, the woman who was doing cleaning my teeth initially was asking what I do. And I told her, she's like, oh, that's so cool, blah, blah. And I guess she told the dentist and he's like, oh, I used to play fantasy football. I'm like, why'd you stop? He's like, well, I got married, this and that. And he's like, you remember Dan Marino? I'm like, yeah, of course. Do, he's I, like, do you remember yeah, Dan Marino? Like, he's like, how about Marshall Falk? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I had those guys on my teams and it was great. But that's what I'm saying. Like everyone plays, almost everyone. And people watch and follow it and download apps and watch these games because of it. You should not alienate your fans. And I know there are terrible people out there. I always say, don't at the players on social media. Because there are some, you've seen it, there are some harsh people out there, man. Just assholes. And we, and look, we sit here, do we complain about players that screw us? Yeah. But we're not attacking them personally. We're not threatening their life. I mean, MVS got threats for, what was it for? A drop pass or something? I mean, yeah. he's done that a lot this year. But whatever it was. So yeah, you can sit here and vent and get frustrated. You know, someone's like Deontay Johnson cost me. I, you know, he got benched. I lost by two and a half. What am I going to do? I mean, can I blame Tomlin for benching him? I guess. And I got into arguments on social media. And someone's like, oh, well, it sounds like someone has him on his fantasy team or prop bets. I didn't have any prop bets on him. And I had him on one fantasy team. But let me get your side of this. 
I think what Mike Tomlin did was wrong. Like, I don't see how sitting him for a half of football helps because you think about it more. And I know Tomlin made the statement last week, well, if people are going to start dropping the ball, they're going to come out. Well, Eric Ebron's dropped passes all year. And I know Deontay's the leader, but he dropped two passes that were three and four yard outs. This is not a case of someone fumbling to the other team. Did people want to bench Chris Carson last year when he fumbled three times in the first four weeks? Pete Carroll stuck with him. And what happened? He stopped fumbling. Like, it was two passes early in the game. Ben Roethlisberger is limited this year. He's not taking shots deep. And the reason why that offense has been successful is because receivers doing things after the catch. And Deontay Johnson is one of the best receivers after the catch. And you watch that offense without Deontay Johnson. They did shit. And they had one drive where they scored that was set up by a turnover when James Washington scored. So did I have an interest in Deontay Johnson? Yes. But even if I didn't have him on my fantasy team, like, what did it do? And you lost the game. Like, sitting him out for a half? He had, you want to sit him out for a drive or two? Fine. The Cowboys did that with Zeke when he had the couple fumbles. They sat him out for a drive, and they brought him back in. Like, Deontay Johnson's one of your best players. Like, Ty, I, I looked the drop leaders. Tyree Kill's up there. CeeDee Lamb. I mean, you go to bench these Deontay, guys he, every Deontay time? Deontay went back in. He went back. Dude, he really? missed a half, bro. He missed uh, – he deferred the, – he – I watched that whole game. He dropped the – Third down pass on the first two drives did not play the rest of the first half. Right. Okay. I think it's wrong. I think your best players need to be out there. You don't let them sit on the sideline and think about it because they think about it more. It's the same, it's the same thing. I mean, this happened with remember Kareem Hunt, his rookie year, he fumbled against the Patriots. We're all sitting there. Oh man, he's never gonna make it back in the game. What happened? Andy Reid set him right out on the next drive, and he had a huge game. I think that's how you should do it. And that's a rookie, too. And a lot of coaches would have said, that's it, you're done. No, you got to show confidence to get him right back out there. Well, so, let, let me ask you a question here. What if, what if, you know, this is because, I mean, listen, Deontay's been dropping a number of passes for a couple of weeks now. Um, and, yeah, I get, you know, listen, I'm not going to. I'm not going to compare him to Tyreek Hill because Hill is a is a bona fide superstar who has performed uh, over time. This is, you know, this is Deontay, uh, you know, having this breakout and seeing all these targets. What if, you know, what if he's been, you know, slacking off and totally lazy uh, throughout the, uh, you know, in the second half of the season that Tomlin's been getting on everybody about staying disciplined, not being too cocky because you're undefeated and putting in the work that you need to you know, to do, and Deontay's not doing it. Well, I don't know if he's, I didn't hear him say anything like that. No, I, I mean, that's not something, but I mean, is he going to, you know, I mean, really, is Tomlin going to air out the dirty laundry like that in the media, or is he going to snap in the media and say, people keep dropping passes, they're going to sit? Uh, Tomlin seems like he's a pretty honest dude that he wouldn't sugarcoat things. So I thought, I would think he would say something. But the bottom line is that offense was shit. Without him, he comes back in, they start moving the ball because Ben is not throwing deep. There's no deep passes in this offense. It's all short passes. And Deontay does things after the catch. And, you know, they don't run the ball at all anymore. So I just think, you know, he, he kind of needs to be in there. You know, James Washington's solid, but he doesn't do much after the catch. So you're taking out one of your best players. And why doesn't Eric Ebron get penalized? I mean, that guy's been dropping passes left and right, too. So why doesn't he come out? 
Um, well, listen, that to me, I, I'd be flat out. I think Ebron should have been benched a long time ago. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, are the drops, do they hurt? Yeah, they want third down. Again, though, they were like four-yard passes. It's not like you're fumbling and turning it over to the other team and setting up touchdowns. You know, I think there needs to be context there. And, you know, they lost, and they're playing they're, – they're, they're getting exposed. I mean, I, I, right now, if the playoffs started today, I think they lose in the first round. Oh, I definitely think Pittsburgh loses in the first round. Absolutely. They look like crap right now. They really do. You know, and, and even the defense doesn't look as as formidable as it did before. You know, we focus so much on offense. You know, the defense is really kind of faltering, too. I mean, I, you know, and when your defense falters like that, your offense needs to catch up. Like needs to or pick up, the you know, pick up the slack a little bit, put more points on the board. Yeah, they have in, they have injuries on the defensive side. And I will also say they've kind of been dealing with the whole schedule crap playing on a Wednesday and the games right. move back and forth. So I will say that's kind of been unfair. I know the Ravens have kind of been through a similar situation as well. Um, and they've had the COVID situation. But uh, you just got to deal with what's dealt. And look, the Steelers are still in a good spot, but, you know, they – cost themselves probably a one seed and a buy and for a team that's playing like they are now they'll recover next week they get the Bengals Monday night so I can't see them struggling in that game even Dallas beat the shit out of the Bengals so if they could the Steelers are in a get right spot this week yeah they're definitely in a get right spot this week they need to they they definitely need to so you know, and I mean, listen, you know, it's uh, I mean, the way that that division is set up right now, I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. It's really <laughs> it's really I, you know, I just I was like, you know, you and I were talking about the Browns and the Ravens. And we're talking about the playoffs and, you know, the, the, the Ravens needing that game and, you know, their record and everything. And all I'm like is I'm like, oh, wait, shit. Steelers are 11 and two sitting first in that division. Yeah. I mean, crazy. That's the thing, because they. Two losses, and, you know, it's always what have you done for me lately. But, yeah, I mean, look, they lost to to the Bills and a, a Washington team that has just been playing really good defense. So, you know, they still have time to turn things around. But it seems like, to me, they're kind of easy to defend right now because, again, you know the ball's not going deep. It's all short passers. They can't run the football. And then they have injuries on the defensive side. So, you know, we talk about teams peaking too early, and they feel like they are one of those teams that peaked a little bit too early. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say that's that's probably true. They did peak too early. And look, they, they, they might turn it around, and maybe they get to the playoffs and, and, you know, get some bodies back on defense and offense picks it up. But, uh, you know, Bill's like, like a better team right now. I mean, I thought Kansas City was better all year long. I mean, look, I mean, Cleveland could beat Pittsburgh, I think, if they played them in the first round right now. Baltimore can too. Yeah. Yeah. Colts, Titans, I think they're they all could beat them right now. Yeah. What about the Bills? Yeah, absolutely. And they just did yesterday. I mean, Bill I, the Bills are just playing very, very well. I mean, and they and they'll get John Brown back to prop well, definitely there's a chance he plays this week. I think that 21 day window is going to be active this week and he might practice. They might not rush him back this week, but Man, that offense, uh, although we saw it last year with Josh Allen in, the, in that playoff game, was it against the Texans where he looked great and then he looked like, what are you doing? I mean, he's made <laughs> tremendous strides 
Phil this year, though. He really has, but that's the thing. What's going to happen in a pressurized game in the playoffs? Will we go back to seeing some of those mistakes? But uh, they're, they're, they're playing great football right now. Yeah, they definitely are. They definitely are. I, you know, and I was, I was saying this earlier in the day. You know, I'm actually, I'm just kind of happy for them. I, I'm not a, you know, I'm a Jets fan, and you know, it sucks that you know we're sitting at the bottom. But you know, not having the Patriots at the top of the division makes me happy for Buffalo to be where they are. I know it's, uh, you know, it sounds a little, you know, lack of competitiveness, but. Ah, uh, you know, I think they, they, you know, they, they deserve it kind of, you know, decent families. I mean, we sat there, you know, I mean, uh, there are a lot of people who watch football right now who don't really remember just how rough it was being a Bills fan when they kept losing in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed those first two, uh, you know, two of those Super Bowl <laughs> losses. <laughs> yeah, I kind of sort of. Yeah, those were the days. I actually remember when, you know, my team won a Super Bowl. It's been a long time. I kind of forgot. So thanks Oh, for give members. me a friggin' break. Stop what do you mean? with that. It's been like 20, 20 plus years, bro. 25 years. Bro. Oh, my Sucks. God. 25 years without a Super Bowl. What the hell am I going to do? <laughs> you get no sympathy from me. Yeah, you get none from me either. You're a Yankees fan. I don't want sympathy from you. Okay, I don't great. ask for sympathy. You can stuff your sympathy in a sack. I'm not asking for it. I'm just making a statement. That's it. You crying, crying like a little. Like I'm not little, crying. There's no tears. Like a little baby. I can hear it. I can hear the tears rolling down There's your no cheeks tears. right now. You're, just, you're hearing things that you so want to hear. Take a good look at my face. <laughs> oh, Adam, Adam, Adam. All right, so. Greatest Monday. Oh, by the way, real quick, I got a tweet. My friend won by 0.4 because of that safety. Oh, (laughs) there it is. I'm telling you, there was probably a lot of games that swung on that. We will definitely have to talk about that on the show tomorrow. There's a lot of stuff. I want you to know, like people who bet the Ravens uh, laying the points and had it at the minus three, uh, that safety. I mean, yeah, there's just, there was so much about this game. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. It really was. So, you know, again, Mazel tov. The beat moves on, man. The beat moves on. I want to talk about a couple of other things that went down uh, in week 14, Adam. Uh, so, but before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor at Monkey Knife Fight. And, uh, and thank them for being such a kick-ass DFS site. Really appreciate everything that they do. And uh, you guys should be joining. And here's why. <laughs> do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. 
Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, Adam, let's talk a little bit of uh, what went down. It's a couple of things that happened in week four. Now, we started, we already talked about the whole Deontay Johnson uh, benching and, and that how that upset you. Um, let's talk about a couple of other players who got benched, actually, this weekend. Uh, and let's stay with Pittsburgh. James Conner rode the pine for fumbling. Um, Gio Bernard rode the pine for fumbling. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, you know, the, the mustache and jean shorts is back under center in Jacksonville as Mike Glennon uh, also gets yanked. So a couple of benchings all around there, not just, uh, not just your boy Deontay. Was Connor benched or was it more of them playing from behind and they used Jalen Samuels in passing situations? I think they were benching him, dude. I mean, he sucked this year anyway. They don't they don't have faith in him anymore anyway. They just don't. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so Tomlin said that his lack of reps to scarcity of snaps in first game back. I mean, I don't know, man. But, <laughs> they, look, they haven't been able to run the ball. It doesn't matter who's in there. I mean, Benny Snell we know is not good. Um, Jalen Samuel's not a good runner. Uh, McFarland's we haven't seen enough of him. He's been okay, but they just have not been able to run the ball and they haven't been committed to the run. And I think I said this weeks ago, I noticed the trend of them passing a lot and I had no problem with it because they have such good weapons at wide receiver. When you have Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju, Ebron, I don't mind them being a pass heavy team. And it's hurt those that have Connor. There's no question about it. Because, uh, yeah, I think he played about 47% of the snaps, which is a problem because Connor doesn't do enough in the passing game. You need him to score touchdowns. And he's even getting hurt by – we haven't seen it as much lately, but Chase Claypool on the end of rounds near the goal line. So it's Yeah, they tough. haven't done that in a while. Claypool's another guy who's been uh, – Trending down, know, yeah. Kind of kind of crap in the bed for, for fantasy purposes also. Yeah, it's because their offense just hasn't been as good. You know, that that's the problem with him. And he's probably got to be ranked the lowest of the three. Although, I don't know. I mean, people are going to get scared with Deontay Johnson this week. You know, Deontay Johnson was pretty much a much start, a must start. But I think people are going to be scared this week. What happens if he drops another pass in the first quarter? Is he going to be out for a half? So it's the Bengals, though, man. I think you just got to play him. And Connor is going to be tricky this week, too. You kind of have to rank him high. It's the Bengals. Like how do yeah, you not, uh, you know, how do you so not rank him as an RB? All right, not RB one, fine. But how do you not rank him as an RB two against the Bengals? Yeah, yeah, I hear to. you. I mean, it's it's all going to depend on whether or not Tom's going to get reps, and that's where you know, God forbid, a beat writer focuses on that aspect during the course of the week. Here, um, you know, are are you letting bygones be bygones, or? Um, or are we not going to see Connor and Deontay Johnson again because you're you're still pissed off at them? Like I, like we need a beat writer to fish for that information because he's not just going to willingly give it up. Right, he's got to be asked the question. Well, this here's a quote from him about Connor's usage: "We didn't possess the ball enough, and so there's a scarcity of snaps. And when you have that, you're going to have questions about distribution of the ball and who gets it and establishing a run and all of those things." So, I don't know. And then he was on the COVID list. So, 
I don't know, man. It's kind of a mess, but if there's no reports of limitations, you're probably going to have to go back to him if you survived with him. That's the thing is how many teams with Connor actually made the semifinals in advance of week 15. Um, I've got Connor on my roster and I had a bye week this week. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, it's a good matchup against the Bengals, man. You know, let me see what he did against them earlier this year. Cause they did kick the crap out of them once already. I think I remember that it was like 20. Was that the game that um, Burrow got hurt? I think, I think it was, he was getting blitzed in that game. Uh, oh, my God. You don't know what a Connor's line in that game, bro. <laughs> 13 carries, 36 yards. Ugh. And then the next week against Jacksonville, we had 13 for 89. My goodness. I didn't realize how – because I had Connor in the league, but that team didn't make the playoffs. My goodness. His, his lines lately have been awful. And it looked like earlier in the year he was headed to an RB1. He had that stretch where he scored five touchdowns in uh, six games. And since then, it's been 9 for 22, 13 for 36, 13 for 89, and 10 for 18. Yeah, it hasn't been pretty. I, uh, uh, I'm a Connor owner, I know. It hasn't been pretty. Yeah, because initially I was like, ah, I'm not going to rake him in the top 20 this week. I'm like, ah, he's playing the Bengals. I have to, man. Yeah, well, that ought to be real interesting to to take a look at and see how that ends up developing because – yeah, I mean, listen, with, I mean, just the state of the running back position. We've said this all year long, over and over again. The state of the running back position is dog shit. And so, you know, you, you need a guy. Like, and, and, and that's going to be a guy who's going to get, who's supposed to get, you know, full reps. You got to you gotta stick with them. You got to stick Who would have thought that in week 15 we would say, David Montgomery's easy start over James Conner. It's not even close. Um, I've actually been okay on Montgomery for, you know, since he, since he came into the league, I've actually been a, a pretty big fan of his. Well, I mean, early this year, he was doing nothing. Right. Well, you know, again, we can all sit there and, and thank Matt Nagy for being such an idiot. We could also thank the schedule for getting the Packers, Lions, and Texans the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even, even, even yesterday, he had 11 carries. Like What? In a game that they won easy, he had 11 carries. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I mean, again, it's it's coaches. I I, I don't get them sometimes. Adam. Oh, I, I don't understand. Sure. They're making me nuts. Um, all right, so Connor, we have no idea what to do with. What about, uh, I mean, I guess you kind of have to give up on Geo too, right? Yeah, it's over. It's over. Um, okay, look, so Geo's done. This was the last chance. It's like, all right, he hasn't done anything the last few weeks. I've had him outside the RB2 range. This week I had him inside the RB2 range because it was Dallas. So you go, all right, if there's any week that he can come through, Dallas. It didn't happen. And then the dude, it was the first time he fumbled in what, over 800 carries or 800 touches, and then they remove him immediately. So this could also be a case of them going, all right, let's see what we have in Williams and P. Ryan and just, you know. So And Mixon ain't coming back. I think we pretty much all know that. So there's no – and they're playing the Steelers next week. And I know the defense is not the same, but you know the Steelers are going to jump out to a big lead, and that's going to be it. So, nah, there's you can't play Geo. You just can't. And nobody was playing Mike Glennon anyway. No. Are you? How do you feel about DJ Chark now that it's not Glennon under center? 
and it's back to Minshew. A little better, but it's Not hard much. to start Chark this week, man, with confidence. I mean, you just can't. I mean, this is – he's got 16 targets the last two weeks, and he's caught four. And I know the quarterback play has been bad, but Titans and Vikings, those are two teams you should be able to exploit. Now he goes against the Ravens this week, and they should be playing from behind, pass-heavy. Uh, Ravens did have some injuries in the secondary, so we'll see who's back. But he's probably, at best, a wide receiver three. At best. And I don't even know if he's going to be there. All right, fine. Fine. I mean, it's four, four straight weeks. He hasn't reached double-digit four straight games because he missed yes, week 12. Yes, I know. I know. I played him in lieu of Josh Jacobs. Thank you. Yeah, well, I have uh, – I think the leagues I have on my – was done anyway. But I had Chark in quite a few leagues this year. I, I like them going into the year. Yeah, me too. And uh, and it's been a real peach, man. Let me tell yeah, you. it's really sucked. I, really? I it's been great. It's been awesome. Uh, speaking of awesome, uh, Eagles. Can we talk Eagles for a second here? Jalen Hurts uh, has a solid debut. Uh, they beat the Saints, something that I don't think anybody thought was going to happen and uh and now we look to uh to the rest of the schedule for Philadelphia and it's um it's pretty tasty like you look at the rest of the Eagles schedule it's Cardinals, Cowboys and Washington right like everybody was all into Carson Wentz for the way his uh his playoffs time schedule is is looking would you consider Jalen Hurts to stream in yeah, I mean, we've seen it with these running quarterbacks. We saw it with Taysom Hill and Jalen Hurts, 18 carries for 106 yards. Like, geez, and you don't need him to do much passing. I mean, you basically need 200 and a touchdown, and he gave you 167 and a touchdown. Now, he's not going to run for 106 every week, but Arizona hasn't been good defending quarterbacks, so he's got another good matchup. Dallas is a disaster. So, yeah, he's got two good matchups, so uh, he'll be like – He'll be a borderline QB one, I'd say this week. And you know, there are playoff teams that have been streaming or are hurting a quarterback, or maybe have a, a struggling quarterback and they want to turn to. So yeah, definitely, I think he's in the conversation. If he wasn't picked up last week, and you should have picked him up last week anyway, especially if you had like a bad backup and just put him on your bench just in case. So I did see a few teams do that, and. Yeah, I think he'll he'll be in the conversation. You know, he didn't take a sack. You know, that was one of the biggest problems for Philadelphia is once was getting sacked, the pressure, but Hertz is able to elude it. I mean, it doesn't really help the passing game. It helped Miles Sanders, which is something yeah. kind of talked about last week. Sanders had mentioned how he was excited to, you know, run the read option. And we know what running quarterbacks do for the running backs. And you could say well, he had an 82-yard run if you take that away. Well, it counts, and that's what Miles Sanders does. He had that big run against the Steelers early this year. That's why we've been clamoring for Miles Sanders to get the football because he can do things like this. Yeah, see, you know, I I, I got to tell you, I hate it. I hate it almost as much as I hate the phrase touchdown dependent because, you know what, I mean, outside of some of the most consistent players in, in fantasy football – there are a ton of people who are just touchdown dependent. Very few guys do it on just yardage alone uh, to make it happen. But what I what I hate even more is when people sit there and they're like, well, you know, you take away that 62-yard run and he had 10 carries for 23 yards. Doesn't matter, dude. 
doesn't fucking matter. And, you know, and the problem is, is that, yeah, he got that this week. And then next week, guess what? Next week, he carries the ball 16 times for, for 92 yards uh, and a touchdown. And he didn't have a big, long run. And what are you going to do? Like, that's, you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, people who just sit there and want to, you know, they just want to tear down a, a, a player's performance. You know, it's not like every single week you're seeing him rush for 62 yard, you know, 62 yard touchdown. Uh, or it's not happening, you know, I don't know what you want to say five out of 10 games. That's not happening, but like they focus on that kind of shit and it drives me nuts. It was like David Montgomery the other day, you know, they're like, well, you take away that 80 yard touchdown and what did he do? It doesn't matter. He had the 80 yard touchdown and that, and that, that won you your game. And we knew it was possible because of the fucking matchup, man. Oh, right. They're so nuts. That's sometimes. why, why do you think people have been talking about Montgomery the last three weeks for, Regular season and DFS. I mean, I I think I had him ranked as in the top twelve. Look we've at the matchups. We've been talking about him since Tariq Cohen went down, and he started getting fucking passes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember I did a show with Jen when we both filled in on a fantasy long show. And I'm like, buy David Montgomery low, and you know she was like, really? I'm like, yeah, I know he's done nothing, but when you can get a running back. That's getting volume for cheap. You do it because what was standing in the way of David Montgomery besides, as you alluded to, the head coach, nothing with no Tariq Cohen. We saw it seven receptions, four or five. All right. So now you've got a floor of, you know, four to five receptions a game, right? For 20, 30 yards right there. You're getting five, six points before he even touches the ball. All right, fine. 40, 50, 60 yards. And then if he finds the end zone and then you look at the schedule that they have to close the year. I mean, he's going to win people. He's going to be on fantasy championship teams if you were able to buy low or hold on or made the playoffs. I mean, look at the last three weeks in PPR, 25.3, 27.1, 24.5. And then gets the Vikings and Jacksonville the next two weeks. He was, an, he, he was, he, he was an easy buy low. Yeah, like, I thought so too. Yeah. I, I'm with you. It was, it was definitely an easy buy low. No doubt. And it's on no audio. I just, I just, again, it's just, just people. I don't know. You know what it is? Maybe I just need to stop like looking at fantasy football Twitter. Maybe I just need to get off of Twitter. Uh, Should I just quit there's, Twitter? There's, there's still some useful things on there, but yeah, a lot of people just, you know, have stupid views, but just got to get past <laughs> it or take advantage of it. That's all, you know, in, in fantasy. Uh, so frustrating what's crazy is david montgomery is going to finish the year as like a top 10 running back in raw points I, I don't like looking at raw points even in points per game i think he's going to be pretty high let me see where he's at now i don't know if this includes tonight but yeah dude he's going to be a, he's going to finish the year as an rb1 man it's yeah. nuts you know what let me let me ask you a question here because this actually came up because dan malin actually on fantasy alarm in the hot takes article uh, wrote a little blurb about Cam Akers being a first round pick in next year's uh, in next year's fantasy drafts. Um, and you know, and I'm like sitting there and I'm like trying to go through some of these young rookie running backs and who would be, you know, is there anybody who'd be worthy of like, for, you know, just bumping them up automatically to first round 
potential. And, you know, and I had this conversation with, with Jim Bowden and Bowden was like, you know, I mean, I, I, I love Jim, but you know, it's like some of the, you know, what, what happens most recently really is just, it's fresh in his mind and, and it weighs heavily. So, you know, immediately it was like, yes to Cam Akers and yes to Jonathan Taylor uh, being first round selections. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious as to what you think about that. Like looking at some of these rookie RBs who are now starting to get this work at the end of the season. Um, you know, is there any, are there any of them that you would look at and just think, cause they're all staying at the same spot. Like Taylor's not leaving the Colts. Akers isn't leaving the Rams. Dobbins isn't leaving the Ravens. CEH is going to stay with the chiefs. Um, do you consider any of them first round material? I don't think so, but the one that wasn't mentioned that probably should get the first round consideration? Swift. Nope. Ooh, who? Antonio Gibson. Oh, remember Antonio Gibson. This guy is learning the running back position. And look what he's done this year. Yeah. Do you he has 11 rushing touchdowns this year? Could you imagine what would happen if there was like a legit quarterback on that team? That's what I'm saying. Imagine he played with a quarterback that was a running threat. Like we know what this offense is going to do, especially with Alex Smith. Um, and right now in raw points, he's RB 12 and that's with missing a game. And then I think in points per game, he's also RB one. So I do love Swift, man. Swift. Oh man. Swift. Swift is so dynamic. If he was there three down back. Um, but a lot's going to depend, too, because Stafford could be gone, right? Yeah. So um, I, I think Gibson would have to be considered, considering what he's done this year and that he's still learning the position. You know, Akers looked really good. You know, Akers looked great, but, man, that felt like it should have been a bigger fantasy day. To only have 21 points, and I know you're going to go 21 is a lot, but what he did on the field, like, it felt like so much bigger. Like, we were just like, yes. Finally, Cam Akers, I guess because he didn't find the end zone. But for the numbers he put up, it felt like 21. <laughs> kind of disappointing. <laughs> I know it sounds it sounds crazy, but you know what I'm saying, right? Well, yeah, I mean, because he didn't get into the end zone. I mean, he had 171 rushing yards on Which 29 seven, carries. 17 points for rushing yards. If you get into the end zone, boom, then all of a sudden it's 23. Now you tack on the catches and the yard and the receiving yards. Then it's, you know, then it's a day. Hmm, man, wow. He's uh he's had at least 14 points in PPR in three straight games. So man, he's gonna get a lot of helium. I wonder if he makes it up to the first round on this team because we know they want to run the football. Well, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think one of those guys probably sneaks up to the end of the first round. There'll probably be a lot of hype, but it's gonna depend on the way they finish the year. You know, Jonathan Taylor obviously disappointed most of the year, but and their offensive line hasn't been as good as we thought. Um but we, we've seen what Taylor can do the last two weeks, even though they're great matchups. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, it, it took some time, but we're seeing, you know, the talented running backs in this class. Dobbins, obviously, we thought next year would be the year because Ingram would be gone. There's, they still have been slow to unleash him, but I still think next year could be a big year for him. He's probably going to be the cheapest of the group we just mentioned, too. Which would be great. I mean, you know, right. let's face it. Yeah, I mean, Gus Edwards and and Ingram being there, obviously, 
affords Harbaugh the the opportunity to let this kid just sit and learn rather than, um, you know, force him into it and whatever. But yeah, I mean, like that's the it's the funny thing. I mean, just thinking about that right there, you know, talking about, you know, what if Stafford moves on and, and you know, let's Who's say the coach the, uh, too. Let's not forget that. That's going to be a big thing, too. Yeah. Who's new coach, like new scheme. All of that stuff goes into uh, into there. Like all of a sudden, I mean, God damn, could you imagine just like, uh, you know, like just even just think of like a, like an Andy Reid type coach, you know, a guy who really knows how to use his pass catching running backs. Eric Bieniemy, the disciple of Andy Reid. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if Bieniemy went to Detroit? That would be I mean, I'd like to see him with the Jets to be, you know, to, selfishly speaking, but. Bieniemy, if he ran a similar type of offense and he went to Detroit, that. That would be sick. You get a, 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 you know, a different QB in there. And I'm sure you could, you know, you could end up with like a, a legit QB, you know, trade for Darnold. If the Jets are going to take Trevor Lawrence, right. You know, get somebody like that who can move a little bit and, you know, is a, is a solid young guy and build your core around that. Shit. Yeah. yeah I'm going to nice. be, I, I might end up a friggin' lions fan soon. <laughs> Nah, Swift is so good, though, man. I hope we get to see him uh, finish the season strong. Uh, I know a lot of people were worried about playing him this week. Uh, I had him really high in the rankings, and then I lowered him to, like, 12 at RB, basically saying if you got him, pretty much start him. And you could say, well, you got lucky, he scored the touchdown. But that's the reason why. It's just, like, he doesn't need a lot of touches to have success. And we knew Green Bay was bad on the ground, and I figured that was going to be a high-scoring game. And he came through. At least he got the touchdown. But uh, hopefully they they give him more next week. They definitely need to give him more next week. Uh, who do they who are, who are they playing? I think next Tennessee, week? I believe. Oh, I'd like that. Yeah, that Tennessee. would be bad. At Tennessee. Now Just the key know. is though the Stafford play with these rib injuries. You know he's he's tough. He tends to fight it out. But there were some reports that it's looking iffy for him to play. And then if Chase Daniels comes in, it's like oh no. So we need Stafford out there. Why? 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 why you, you just like you, you? You give me this beautiful, wonderful, nice little balloon. It's it's shiny. It's it's made out of mylar. It looks great. And then you walk over with a lit cigarette and you fucking pop it. Do, do, do you want me to lie to you like you're a four year old? No. You know what? Sometimes yes. Sometimes I do need to be lied to. Howard, it's gonna be great. We're gonna have candy, lollipops, rainbows, and, and sunshine. Yeah. We're gonna, there's gonna be a clown at the party. It's all great. What pandemic? Oh, no, no, no. All right. Take you off your mask. The clown. Oh, you don't like clowns? Clown. You're scared of clowns? I'm not scared of clowns. I just don't like them. Okay. I so, actually, to be honest, I find them depressing. Interesting. Everyone has a unique take on clowns. Some people are scared of them. They hate them. You find it depressing. Very interesting. Okay. I find them depressing. I feel like people who are clowns are people who want to be loved but don't know how to. Uh, um well they, they 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 what's 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 the trying to think of how I'm, I'm, i should be phrasing it you know they they're they're insecure about themselves they want to be loved they don't know how to express themselves so they have to um, hide behind so they hide they hide behind the clown makeup <laughs> and this faux personality well thanks for alienating the clown portion of our audience 
<laughs> hey, for all you clowns out there, I still love you guys. So please listen. <laughs> They're probably listening. There's not a lot of clowns that have work right now. <laughs> no, there are not a lot of clowns who have work right now. I'd like to know what the clown contingency is in the uh, in the fantasy realm. That's three percent, maybe. Really, that high? Three percent of fantasy owners are are also double seen, as clowns. I've seen a lot of clowns at parties checking their phones, so I'm assuming they're checking their scores <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> Oh, Dude, where man. do we get? You know what? Where I we, actually where do we I've get got... to these things, bro. Like we're just talking fantasy and then clown top. Like I, it's crazy how we just go off the rails. But that's all you, dude. It is. I'll take credit for it. You, I don't mind it. <laughs> that's something you want credit for? Yeah, for? yeah. Derailing us with clown conversation. Well, it all started when you said that I popped your balloon. So you actually sparked this conversation. I did inject clowns into it because I was trying to lie to a four-year-old. But <laughs> either way, uh, let's you hope find yourself lying to four-year-olds all the time, Adam. Do I what? You find yourself lying to four-year-olds a lot? No. Um, I try not to lie to kids. Okay. Good job. I just want them to be happy. I, I uh, you just want them to be happy. I just want them to get the hell away from me. <laughs> I like kids, man. Even though I don't have any of my own, I, I do like being around kids. I like them for about five minutes, and then I, I just, can withstand them more than five minutes. Do I want a whole day with a four-year-old? No, um, couple hours, whatever. That's it. Yeah, like two hours in a movie theater while they're watching <laughs> a movie. Why you give them popcorn and candy so they can't talk? hundred percent, hundred percent, and then load them up full of sugar, and then hand them back to their parents, and be like, "Here you go." That was fun. Let's do it again yeah. in five months. We, we had such a great time at Finding Nemo. Really did, <laughs> really did. She didn't say a word. She was tuned into the screen. I had enough candy that she didn't have to ask me again. It, it was great. <laughs> oh my lord! All right, yeah, we've definitely we we've definitely derailed now. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to say about week 14? You want to, uh, put a, a, a final, a bow on this sucker here. I will just say this. Everyone has a player in fantasy that drives them crazy that you kind of get wrong all the time. For me, that guy is Hollywood Brown, man. I can't oh. get this guy right, man. When I bench him, he scores. When I don't, he does shit. And tonight I... I'm kind of forced to play him in our GST. Now, I had a bye this week, but, you know, we're still playing for the overall championship, so I had to set a lineup, and I'm kind of hurting. So I was like, I kind of have to play him. I thought he was the best option. So, as usual, no targets, a drop pass. I'm like, you got to be kidding Three. me. Three. Three drop yeah. passes. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. McSorley comes in, throws it to him. I actually was like, you know what? Because McSorley looked for him, too. That touchdown he scored uh, the, the week Lamar was out was from McSorley. So I was like, okay, maybe this will help. Throws him a pass, he drops something. You got to be kidding me. And then he did salvage a day with a touchdown. But, like, how can I how can I go back to this guy, man? They play Jacksonville next week. And they'll probably kick the shit out of Jacksonville. If that happens, then 
it's going to be running early and then not much Hollywood. And then I'm always fearful. Well, if I bench him, maybe he'll score. So we all have that player. For me, it's Hollywood Brown. Even last year in the GST, week 16, I benched Odell Beckham for Hollywood Brown. I think Hollywood Brown had one catch. Beckham did not have a big game. He had four receptions, but he scored a touchdown. If I didn't bench Beckham, I would have won the championship. Instead, I lost. So Hollywood Brown is one of those pains in the asses for me, man. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't really think I, I have anybody in particular like that right now. But I, I will be sitting on a on a nice dilemma in uh, what you call it in uh, not GST, but in the Kings Classic about what to do with Josh Jacobs because now he's on a short week on Thursday, and I hate him because he's a son of a bitch. Yeah, against the Chargers, too, uh, which should be a high-scoring game. The lot, oh, the total is 53 right now. Great. Great. And after a nice split of uh, 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games, uh, guess what? This week, we have three games at 4. We have three games at 4. Dude, this week is crazy for the schedule. It's the yeah, Thursday Saturday game. Games. Two sure. Saturday games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know what the fun? The funny thing is, though, is that you take a look at um, at the games and what's going to be like taken off of the main slate for DFS. It's like no Aaron Rodgers, uh, no Devontae Adams. You don't have the the Bills are gone, yeah. so you don't get Chargers. Them. You don't you don't have the Chargers. No Steelers. Uh, you don't have to. Well, there you go. You don't have to make that that call. No on, Nick uh, Chubb. Stupid Deontay Johnson. No Nick Chubb. No Nick Chubb. Wait, what? Oh yeah, yeah. Because the, that's right. The Sunday night game. No Nick Chubb. And then you have a lot of blowouts too. Potential Ravens, Jacksonville, Rams, Jets. Yeah. Wow. So Saints Chiefs is going to be the game people look at. But then again, Saints, it is on the road. Saints, Chiefs, yeah. And then also Bears, Vikings, and Texans, Colts. I want to know what's the game that's going to really pop, though. Like, that's that's the one that always just kind of eludes me, you know, just for obvious for DFS purposes. You know, you can play certain stacks and stuff like that that you're comfortable with. And I'm always good with, like, building a lineup around a Chiefs stack or, a, you know, or a, or a, a Packers stack. But. You know, it's like it's like finding that low owned stack that's gonna pop. Like, where's the game that 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 happens? And it's tough to uh, tough to find. I don't even know. You know, I'm looking at this game. You know, like who, which which two teams could go legitimately go back and forth with each other and put up points? Bears Vikings. It's only a 46 total, but I mean, the Bears offense has come alive with Trubisky. Minnesota's coming off a disappointing performance with Jefferson and Thielen just doing nothing. I mean, everyone's going to look at Chiefs Saints. Right. Um, Colts Tech, the problem is the Texan side of things, man, with Deshaun Watson and the lack of, if Brandon Cooks doesn't make it back, what he's had to deal with. Well, you know what, though? I mean, listen, Kiki Kute's got into the got into the end zone this past week. But he, yeah, but it's he saw, and Hanson had had hundred yard games the week before that. It's not yeah, but, great. But look what they did last week. Like, I think it finally caught up to him. He he didn't have his he didn't have his top four receivers running back. I know Aikens dropped that pass. I saw that play and the and 
whether it was the sun or he just didn't see it, whatever. But they just collapsed as an offense. And now, the, and, and the Colts' defense has not been what it was early in the year, but that has a 52-and-a-half. I mean, the Colts are going to put up points. You're, are you playing T.Y. Hilton? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't tears, own T.Y. You know, Hilton. But, I mean, if DFS, you have to. Yeah, How do you not start T.Y. against Houston? Right. He just tore them up, and now he's, you know, what is it, three games in a row that he's had? Well, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's, what, 5,800 last week, right? Yeah. yeah. So, this actually, this, this, you know what? This could be a good game stack. This could definitely, because, you know, I mean, you you could conceivably say, that you would go with Watson uh, and uh, and the receivers as the the main stack, but then flip it around and like you know game stack it with Taylor and and like Ty maybe. That's the thing is I think the Colt side is probably better for DFS. If the, but what yeah I mean like that that would I see that's the thing is I'm not 100 percent sure about that because their defense is far superior to that of Houston. And, you know, if they uh, if they end up jumping out oh. to like an early lead, Houston's forced to pass the ball while the Colts can just grind it out with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Taylor's price went up. He's the fourth highest running back on the I slate. I know. He's like 7,200. 7, yeah. Yeah. What's T.Y.? Uh, T.Y. is 55. Ty is fifty five after a yeah. two touchdown game. They only made him fifty five against Houston. See, that's that there. That's the trap right there. He's gonna be chalk. He's total chalk. Cash game play easily, easily. He's he's, he's legit. He's he's one of the top five owned receivers of the slate. Or is this the week Pittman finally does something at forty eight? Right, but, well, that's the thing. Everybody's going to be on Ty. That you know, the the contrarian pick of Pittman is what's going to hit. It hasn't hit for weeks, so I guess you could say it is kind of due, right? He's due. Oh, that's always <laughs> that's my favorite. That and the revenge game narrative are my favorite fantasy analysis moments. So he's due. So without Devontae Adams, is Tyreek Hill going to be the guy at eighty eight hundred? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, how is he not? Yeah, how Ricky. is he not? Ridley's 82 without, well, I don't know about Julio. Allen Robinson, 7,400 against Minnesota. He's had two big weeks in the last three. Yeah. Three touchdowns in the last three games. Oh, my God. Is the Trubisky, you know, it sets up like that. The Trubisky, Montgomery, Allen Robinson stack right there. Yeah, it worked this week, right? 5,500 Trubisky is. Right. So why wouldn't it work next week? What could possibly go Nothing. It's a It's a lock, bro. Print the money now. That's great. You know what? I am. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Oh, my God. Adam, I've missed you so much. You've only been gone for a weekend. And, you know, I needed this in my life today. I'm back and I'm ready to go. We'll be back at this tomorrow. Let's do this. Let's do this again tomorrow. We'll figure out some... I mean, I don't know, some waiver talk, maybe a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, we can do a little bit. We can do a little waiver talk, but uh, yeah, there's probably a lot that I, I still need to bitch about that I, I haven't quite vented yet. But nevertheless, that is going to do it for us here tonight. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening. Uh, big thanks to uh, Fantasy Alarm, the Sawdust Podcast Network, Shannon Blunt, our 
course, all of you again, and Adam Ronis. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.